0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Look, I mean, I was, I was very surprised. Um, I at least thought they would get married and then whatever happened happened, but also, like, when everyone gets to see this season, it'll make a lot more sense. And I think, like, you know, I'm not saying one way or the other, but, like, for two months we had all dealt with this. You know, it's not like they had a great summer and all of a sudden... (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Barry. <laughs> Why did I forget my last name? Our pop culture roundup and welcome to Plathville recap for the week. I'm going to tell you guys right off the jump that it's going to be more Plathville than pop culture roundup just because I'm trying to like be happy and these men get accused of things over and over and over again and I just like feel like if I have to talk about one more man assaulting a woman i'm gonna be in a corner so we gotta take like a week off for my mental health i can't do it not this week not not this week but anyway like fuck russell brand we we will say that and could and we just do like an lol this would not be our can i get a hell yeah but lol at you jonathan majors for doing this west side story ass breaking up of two teen girls in la fighting we're supposed to believe that you just happen to see them from, like, an in-and-out across the street. You ran, Batman-style, and like, ladies, violence is not the answer. Let's not do this. Somebody was recording with their damn laptop. Not even I, a laptop? What the hell's going on? We we gotta move on. Or can I get a hell yeah for me? It's ironic. But, um, it is the news, you know, sometimes manifestation does work not really for kim zolciak these days but it's been working for me in the sense that during the premiere of the real housewives of salt lake city i asked my friend jay who was on with me do you think that elizabeth holmes and jen shaw have become friends while they're posted up in Bryan, texas you know clankety clank people magazine thank you Thank you to Jen's rep, Chris Giovanni, who tells people they're friends. They're both rehabilitating and have bonded over over being on this journey of positive change. Their situation's brought them together, and they have a good understanding of one another. They're getting through it together. Jen's given her a lot of advice, and she's even met Elizabeth's baby and helped her. Adding that Shaw was very loving to Elizabeth and the newborn. Okay... (laughs) Apparently she's really taken on some sort of like motherly role. You know, Jen's about to push 50. Elizabeth is still in her 30s. Still got a lot of scamming left in her. And what really killed me, you guys? The news that Elizabeth is attending uh, one of Jen's fitness classes called Shamazing Abs. Shamazing Abs. Jen's not like anything the show portrayed her to be she's so peaceful now said her rep she's still funny and has her one-liners but she's graduated from anger management classes and is much more grounded then he goes on to say that Jen looks amazing phenomenal and quote reunion ready now to quote American Horror Story there's not gonna be a reunion you stupid slut what are you talking about (laughs) we gotta let this go for at least another 48 months. Okay, we don't have to keep ties with the show, with the reunion. You're not you're not posting in for next season with Andy. You're not going to have a one-on-one with Monica over her informing you or being the informant at your your federal trial. It's not happening. But like prayers up, and I'm glad that you and Elizabeth are besties, but I hope, you know, your conversations are monitored cuz I don't want you guys giving each other uh, any any tips. And tricks for when you get on the outside. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Y'all, there were so many breakups that happened in the past few days. I, we just got to go down the list real quick to get into, into it. Starting with Hugh Jackman and Deborah Furness. The boys are all happy about that, I'm sure. They were together for like 27 years. Am I excited to see uh, Hugh Jackman in his slut phase? and his hoe phase? Absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on, we have young Jeezy and Jeannie Mai, a couple that I did not know that you guys went up for as much as y'all did, but y'all had them trending for 24 hours in shock and awe over their two year marriage being broken up. Uh, Jeezy filed for divorce. He wants uh, custody of the kid that they have. They have a 20 month old daughter. And I'm genuinely surprised that you guys uh, were so invested in them as a couple. (laughs) Honestly, because I had always been looking at this couple like, hmm? Because, like, nine years ago, I want to say, Jeannie had made some pretty weird comments on The Talk, or The Reel, The the Reel is the show she was on, uh, where she said, I loved black guys. For me, dark meat on the side. White meat keeps me mean and lean. That's why I married a white. That's what I like. And so when they were getting together, I'm like, "Mm, didn't she say dark meat on the side? What happened there? So I did have to look up, and and Jeezy did say that he had a conversation with her about it, and that... He says, I'm going to tell y'all how real she is. Before we even started dating, we had that conversation. First thing when we really talked, she sat me down and said, listen, it was something that I said and it might have gotten taken out of context and I want you to listen to it in its entirety. And I have to tell you, if any not black person comes up to me and says, I said something that was taken out of context and I need you to hear the full story. I don't want to hear the full story because somebody took the context for, I, there was the context is what people heard. Well, you know what I'm saying? I don't need to hear anymore because it sounds like you're, you're going to tell me a tale. And if you're already saying like, oh, this, what I said got taken out of context. I, I already automatically don't believe it because when is that ever worked out in somebody's favor? Exactly. So I just like, I don't want to hear it, but you know, those are choices that he made. The, the, he also said um, that she's from the Bay. She knows E-40 better than I do. And I thought, Jeezy, you're really stupid. <laughs> you are really stupid. God, please, please don't let me be down so bad for somebody that I would say they they know E forty better than I am and that that way they're in tune with black culture. Which is not to say that if you if you are an E forty fan that you're not. It just doesn't I'm not inviting you to any cookouts. I'm not I'm not happening. It's not happening. I might let you taste the plate that I bring back. Maybe. Maybe. And that's it. Honestly, the worst breakup of all for me was that between Tiana Taylor and Iman Shupper. Like, how am I supposed to I I had so much invested in them like sexually that I just don't really know what I'm supposed to do now that they're broken up. I think if there is a tape to be released, maybe we should consider releasing that just to soothe everybody else's broken heart about your breakup. Just a thought. Tiana, if if you hear me, if if you want to. There's a little 30 seconds. I just want to see what it looks like anyway let's move on <laughs> one thing about me do you guys want to hear one thing about me one thing about me is that like I have l- bottom of the barrel level interest in a threesome however I do want to be part of a couple where if you see us you're like damn I want to have a threesome with them, with those people like that's the kind of vibe that I want to give off <laughs> is that weird I don't think that's weird don't don't approach me about it. But I just want you to think that in your mind. Finishing up with our breakup talk, we have to talk about Lindsay Hubhouse actually finally releasing a statement after Carl had released his statement that came out. Well, I'm a little. I'm not confused. I, I it seems like what happened is that Carl had. Posted on the wedding website or some kind of letter to the guests that were attending their wedding a a note that was like, hey, we're so devastated right now. As we're putting the pieces back together, just, you know, like, I'm sorry Um, if you guys want any sort of refund, like, let me know. I'm devastated. Lindsay's devastated, et cetera, et cetera. And it came out via Sierra in the comments that this was not a statement Carl and Lindsay had released and it went public. This was something that he had posted on that website or in an email to whoever. And then that somebody on that list, one of the guests, um, leaked it to people. Now, I've been saying in my conversations with people about this that I feel like a lot of people, a lot of Bravo viewers are very like scanned of all pilled and think that we're owed the specific details as to why this couple broke up. Um we're expecting a TMZ headline every 15 minutes. Like these are the expectations now that I think a lot of people have and like if those are your expectations, y'all are going to be disappointed over and over and over again because we really don't hear from the cast of Summer House when they're not filming. And even then, it's not like super leak it's not a show that leaks a bunch of stuff, typically. Um, like, you know, Housewives. It's just, like, they just do things differently. And I think Paige said recently that, like, they're actually friends and they do respect the fact that they're on a show and that they have to do what they have to do on camera and, like, whatever. And so in that regard, I was thinking, y'all, we're not about to find out really what happened. And then I happened to be scrolling through TikTok and... And I saw and I wish I I wish I could remember this person's handle, but they said, y'all, the information that we get about the breakup between Carl and Lindsay is not going to be from anybody on that cast. Look for somebody on Southern Charm. Austin and Craig are gonna be the first ones to crack. And girl, you did you called that. You absolutely called that because C- Craig did an interview a few days ago with e News where he basically like Mentioned as much as he could. Now, what I'm assuming is happening behind the scenes is because we're about to see the entirety of their breakup or, like, what led up to it, and then the actual breakup, Um, I have a feeling that the production's being... or making the cast be, like, pretty tight-lipped, but I also think that they just wouldn't be super messy anyway. It's just not really their nature historically. But anyway, Craig said that you'll get to see... They filmed all summer. They filmed for like two or three months. It's unfortunate that the ending result is leaked or talk about because there's no context. And I think what he's saying is like, it, it's weird. I, I can understand why everybody's like, oh my God, how could they have broken up? This came out of nowhere. But he said there's going to be a ton of context When you get to see Summer House, because there were several conversations had, it's a big part of the season. Then he goes on to say, I was still surprised, but I think, and I'm not saying this against anyone, I think it'll make a little bit more sense when you see how it all played out. And even though, like, we could definitely make a case for the fact that, like, Craig has had a very weird... He seems to have has ha- he seems to have had his target on Lindsay for years now in a way that like doesn't quite make sense. He's just like on full hater mode with Lindsay. But this does seem like one of the more diplomatic things he said. And I was watching Southern Charm the premiere last week, and I was thinking Craig is such a I don't want to say interesting person, but he's so interesting within the Bravo universe because he. It's different. It's so many... in like different environments. It's, it's, he's like a chameleon, really. Like, we're on Southern Charm. I'm watching him on the show. And I'm like, yeah, Craig seems reasonable. He seems mature. He seems to have a handle on his emotions. He seems to, like, get where everybody is. I mean, with... the Even though I think he was, like, a little too extra with Taylor. If y'all didn't watch, Taylor broke up with Shep. Or Shep cheated on Taylor and they broke up. Um, And Taylor's been feeling some type of way about that. To the point where, at the end of the episode, she's trying to hold Craig accountable for Shep cheating on her. And Craig is trying to say to her, you're tripping, basically. Because in the moment this... Uh, this example that you're so upset with me about you weren't there I actually like pushed this guy up against a wall to get him to stop cheating on you so anyway I'm not the one I'm not your boyfriend girl so if you want to be mad be mad at him you can't be mad at me for like not forcing him to not cheat on you even though I attempted not to but Craig Leeds is so much more mature than he is on summer house or winter house when he's on winter house pulling out his uh, little bank envelope giving people hundreds so that he can get the best uh, room in the house like he just comes out as so gross (laughs) but in the south he looks so much better and that's really embarrassing for like people like Shep and Austin it's not that's bad that's real bad baby but anyway, in many ways, Craig can be a lot like Jack's in the sense where I might not trust him with a lot of things. But oftentimes, if you let him cook, he will tell the truth about other people's behaviors and intentions. And he's typically right. Anyway, with that being said, this leads us to Lindsay's statement that she released a few days ago on her Instagram. And she said... I would like to start by saying thank you for allowing me the space and time to process my emotions, heal, and grieve the loss of not only my relationship, but my friendship with somebody I considered my best friend for eight years. That was a just a little shot, just a yeah, a little shot. So when you go, anyway, she goes, the last two weeks have been the most heartbreaking and emotional weeks of my life. My entire life and future was ripped out from underneath me, and I've had a hard time making sense of it all with no answers or closures on why. I feel humiliated by how it went down and simultaneously heartbroken that it happened in the first place. My trust has been betrayed and coming to terms with that loss has been difficult for me. This was not my decision and I do not agree with quitting a relationship, in parentheses, at this level without trying everything possible first. I spent the last couple weeks trying to find my own closure and peace and I'm forever grateful to my best friends who have not left my side and have been picking up the pieces of my heart and life every day from the fallout. I'm still grieving and trying to process all that has happened, but I felt it was important to update you all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for your love and support for my friends, family, castmates, and all of you for carrying me through. Lindsay. Now I try my best with regard to this breakup to be as fair and unbiased to both of them. And especially to Lindsay, because I do feel like people are going like really hard in the paint with her being like, she's a bitch. She deserved this. This was inevitable. And while I do feel like this, breakup was inevitable, I'm not going to sit here and solely blame Lindsay for that at all. Because listen, the man, if you don't want to be in a relationship, you need to end that shit and you need to end it as soon as possible. And maybe like if you're being hospitalized the day before you propose to somebody, that might be something to consider with regard to whether or not you should continue on this relationship uh, with them and and take it to the most serious level possible, right? And I was having this conversation with Liz Bentley about how much she's gonna have to deal with this breakup. Like Ariana, in some ways, got lucky by having all of this shit come out in a time where she could the cameras could pick right back up they hadn't filmed the reunion yet where she could like let all that out in mostly real time for the most part where like let's think about how Lindsay's gonna have to do this like it's bad enough that he broke up with you on camera and now you're going to have to relive all the season leading up to it. She's going to have to do talking head interviews where she's talking about, like, oh, we went, like, you know, cake tasting or whatever. Like, me and Babe went down to Mexico to, like, check out the venue, whatever. Like, she's going to have to talk about that like she's happy and not like they haven't already broke up, broken up and, like, he dumped her on camera. That sucks. And then we're all going to have to watch it. And it's like she's broken up. It's, what, September. This season's probably not going to air till February or March. So that's however many months, like almost six months now. Um, then she's going to have to do the talking heads. Then she's going to have to hear from all of us and all our opinions. And then she's going to have to break up with, get broke up with on camera. And then she's going to have to go to the reunion. That fucking sucks. Then. I'm laughing because I'm just like, ooh, that's really a remarkable task to have to take on. But with that being said, there are a couple very uh, Lindsay, maybe doesn't fully get it comments in there for me where I'm like, okay, I'm this isn't great. Okay. So she, the first thing that she said that raises a red flag for me is like, this was not my decision. And it's like. Yeah, that's usually how it goes down. It it just, this is not my decision, and I do not agree with quitting a relationship at this level without trying everything possible first. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, so you must have had some clue that there were issues that needed to be worked through, but... I just feel in my I mean we know this we know that Lindsay had her timeline we know that Lindsay had a for lack of a better word an agenda a way that she wanted her life to go and that was like what she wanted right and and it did seem a good for a good chunk there that like any man who was willing to hop on this ride she's like okay let's get on sir and we'll just be two captains and so while I can understand like not just throwing a relationship away. I don't think I don't know if you can call it throwing something away if you're like so close to the quote unquote finish line of the wedding, and he's like your partner saying, I can't do this. Like, this seems like a big issue. It it seems like there were probably several issues where she was maybe sweeping things under the rug or just being like, well, we have an end goal here. So like, let's just keep moving. And I suspect there were probably a lot of things where maybe Carl didn't feel like he was being heard or like they were just ignoring what he felt like were very big issues to just get to the larger finish line. And I've, it sounds. It seems like a very hard thing to do, but I mean, quiet as kept. Thank fuck! Please break up with me before we get married. Before we get married, and also to anybody who's listening, and you got an invitation to that wedding, and you're like, well, I because I think I do believe at this point the the um, deadline has has been met for uh, canceling. Y'all, I went there i went there last december just go it is a great time the food is really good the drinks are really good there's a a man with a falcon out there in the by the poolside and he's just like got that little thing on his arm and and the falcon's going from one balcony to the other just trying to. i I saw a snake there are so many different um oh and the the lady grabbed the snake by the head and took it out to the beach This this was a high class they're taking snakes by the head to make sure to ensure their guests' safety and taking them out to the beach where they belong. I had a great time and the drinks were great. The best Paloma, you guys, the best Paloma of my life. So again, if you guys are booked at the Unico, just, just go and have a great time. And Loki, like, I think they should turn this on <gasps> having several thoughts at the same time. Why don't they? My first thought was like they should just turn this into like the actual finale where like everybody but Carl goes. But actually, why don't you let this be the the actual girls' trip that I've been trying to manifest with our like other girls? Like now we have this league of extraordinary bad bitches who are newly single. Let them go. (sighs) Let them go. It's gonna be Hub House. It's gonna be Ariana. We're doing Ashley Darby, but Ashley, we're going to have to make sure that you have actually started started down the road towards um, divorcing that demon man. Um, who else did I have? Oh, we had Lisa Hochstein of Miami. Um, oh my gosh, who else? Oh, um, um, Drew Sedora. <laughs> Can it, come, on, come on, one second, talk about Drew Sedora's song that <laughs> she sang to Ralph. One... A Bob, okay? One, it's actually really good, but two, the fact that she would sing that after g- getting into it with Ralph, he was gaslighting the fuck out of her, going on that Rihanna stage, being like, I just wanna make sure that our kids don't portray, that aren't don't think that I'm a bad guy and that's the only reason why I'm here and then proceeded to be like oh so are you fucking other women cuz i know that you are are you cheating and he proceeded to get so messy and then he would like pull it back and be like what's wrong drew i'm just trying to be a good husband and and a good father but also you're a fucking slut <laughs> but anyway for her to go and sing that song looking in his eyes like we see each other iconic the one of the most awkward things but also <laughs> she did she got a peach for that she got a peach anyway um that's it you guys let's talk about uh welcome to plathville it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But it's so hard to, like, get rid of all that program. Yes, it really was. So, like, in the world we grew up and anything that made you happy was sinful. So, yeah. anything that made me happy, like sparkles or stuff, mom and dad are like, nope. Can't and have a so like, lawyer, can't have sparkles. That's can. why can't you had to. Be a princess, can't have sex, can't, can't be happy. That's why you had to tell like, tell me for all the little yeah. things. You would you literally help. watch my phone go off on the dresser notification, like, oh, Here's her texting appointment, she's smiling. Try to tell mom and dad, she's happy. She can't be happy. Uh, it always seemed like you never wanted to make me to be happy. I feel like, no, it's okay. It's, I mean, it's probably because I wasn't happy. Because I was so miserable the world we grew up in. All right, y'all, welcome back to Cairo, Georgia. Let's get into Welcome to Plathville, shall we? Let's do it. (sighs) Unfortunately, we start on a low note with Micah and Barry visiting the new gym that Barry's working out at, pumping his iron, and it's just uh, a lot. Barry says that he and Micah are now in a new phase where they're like gym bros pumping each other up, getting all that uh, blood rushing to their veins and engorging each other's uh, whatever the fuck. I don't want to get into it. It's a a male testosterone event, as Barry calls it. They're flexing so hard in the camera at one point. I thought Micah was going to break his teeth from all the straining, but... Oh, it's bad. And and Barry is so, like... Barry is such a bro now that he keeps, like, trying to work on these gym one-liners of, like, a bicep's a hard thing to waste or whatever the hell he learned on some whack ass Andrew Tate forum. And I just can't do it, okay? I can't. I can't. Micah says, I'm flabbergasted seeing my dad in the gym. And I'm thinking, so are we. But... Micah's talking about how it's because his dad lost a bunch of weight with the divorce and how it's just like nice to see him back and barrier than ever, I guess. Then he says he's not growing his hair back, but he is more cheerful. (laughs) Then Micah says that it's clear that his dad is making more effort than ever for them to be close, like emotionally close. And then he's like, you know, Ethan is in town. They have bumped into each other a few times, but they haven't really talked about anything deep. But in terms of that social media post that everybody released, he sees things more on Olivia's side. Ethan does. So he and Micah just agreed to disagree. And this is like, y'all need to talk. You guys are saying so much, but also saying nothing at the same time. Like, there, what is Kim telling Micah and Mariah about this credit card that is such a disconnect to what Ethan and Olivia believe. Because to me, like, even if Mike and Ryan don't fuck with Olivia, it seems like the one person you would be going to with the truth, aka, like, how he felt in, in that situation, would be Ethan, right? Like, even if... What Kim did was like misconstrued and it wasn't as sinister as it seems. Even if, if even felt some type of way about it and that's the issue and then they should have more grace for Olivia for being the wife in the situation for taking up for their her husband, right? That's how I see it. It just feels to me like there has to be some universal truth here and it seems like several people are just like, well we don't like Olivia so we're just choosing not to believe it. Oh, and it just feels like there are so many other reasons, not like Olivia I used to go with those, but anyway, <laughs> speaking of Olivia, we're going over to the house in Tampa. She's living there with Nathan, her brother, and not Ethan, I guess because he's supposed to be up in Cairo, but Olivia and Nathan's sister, Lydia Grace are coming she's coming to visit. We again these are like a lot of stories being told where I'm a little bit confused. And I think this is the type of behavior that never really helps Olivia, and it makes people not really like her. So here's what we hear, right? Lydia Grace and Olivia are like Irish twins. They're less than two years apart, but they haven't had a relationship in four years because what Olivia tells us. When she got married and moved to Georgia, Ethan's family became her whole world, and Mariah became her best friend. And while it's sad that that friendship with Mariah... And frankly, the rest of the Plath family is over. She now has room to reconnect with Olivia. So Lydia was like an, also an outsider in Olivia's family. It was both of them, but for two different reasons. Lydia moved out at 18. She lived with her boyfriend and her parents were, now we're led to believe that, I'm thinking in the, in the scale of like Duggar to... Plath and maybe the Brown family somewhere in between. I'm thinking that Olivia's family was closer to Duggar, like more um, strict, more religious, more um, what is the word I'm thinking? Devout in their in their teachings and and their punishing of their children, frankly because of it. So Lydia was basically the black sheep, and her parents their parents taught taught everybody in the family all the other kids that Lydia was like walking the fine line to hell so it was like a everybody against Lydia situation and Olivia cut ties with her and basically took her a few years to step back and realize that there were strings being pulled with her parents with regard to the kids and she's like oh at that point her relationship is becoming unhealthy with her parents but she said she only reached out to her sister like nine months ago and so I'm a little confused because I, in my memory, Olivia, when we met them on the show, she had not had a relationship with her family. And so this is four years ago. So why is it taking you guys so long to reconnect? To me, and listen again, Lydia or Olivia is in her early twenties. To me, this is very obvious. Olivia lost her. Friend in Mariah, and now she's like, "Well, I don't have anybody else, so maybe I should go back to Lydia." So even even though Ethan is supposed to be up in Georgia, he just pops up to surprise Olivia at the house because he sold a car and was like, "Oh, I'm just I came in town to sell it, right?" But Olivia sees him and is like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> barely hugs him and is like kind of darting around her eyes like "Mm, what do i do here like she seems very uncomfortable with the fact that ethan and lydia might be in the same room with each other and she tells us that she thought that ethan being gone would make it less overwhelming for her to just have to deal with reconnecting with her sister and not the rest of the class but at this point like i said i feel like we're hearing several different stories about why they're not close So Ethan explains it more by saying that when he first met Lydia, she was like the rebel of the family, of Olivia's family. And then Olivia and Lydia had their own issues. So he just tried to stay out of it. So it doesn't seem like Lydia and Ethan have a specific issue with each other. So I'm like, I I can understand why if you're like, okay, I've got this weird situation and we just want to have a one-on-one situation. But like, why... If it's okay for Nathan... Oh, I mean, Nathan is a brother. I, I, mean, I don't, You guys know what I'm saying. It just feels like... Olivia doesn't help. <laughs> she doesn't help the situation. So, it because it doesn't seem like Ethan and Lydia have beef, and so it should just be okay. But it sounds like... Olivia and Lydia's issues have, like, made it very weird with the entire Plath family. I am just very confused about what's going on with Lydia and the Plath family. That That's what I'm saying. So Lydia says in an interview that she knows Ethan has assumptions about her, but she doesn't know what they are specifically. So seeing him was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this. But it's like, why why are you feeling so intimidated by Ethan? Because if the issue was... Olivia went Team Plath and, like, chose their family. But now you know that they're on the outs and, like, clearly Olivia feels very differently and sees things very differently. And, like, navigates her life very differently. And then it shouldn't be such a big deal to see Ethan, I would think. But these are also people in their early 20s dealing with uh, older issues than them. So, you know, I, I do have to give them grace for that. Lydia grace for that. <laughs> so, anyway... Lydia explains that growing up, she and Olivia weren't close because their parents actually pitted them together. Um, And Lydia says that in dysfunctional families, it's like one person has to be the scapegoat. And she ended up being the one for her family. So even though she's been told, like, you're not about to walk into the lion's den, she's scared that she's going to walk into one. But she's also like, I think this is empowering and beautiful. (laughs) Then we find out, that Lydia Grace has not seen Ethan or Olivia since their wedding four years ago. Four years ago. And Olivia says, God, doesn't it seem like they've been married a lot longer than that? I mean, maybe this is 2020. And only 2018? That seems like it seems like they've been married a lot longer than four years. But anyway, um, Olivia says that when she got married, she looked at her. That is, like, leaving her whole life, her whole family, and her old life behind. But then she came to realize that she can pick and choose. Like, she doesn't... It's not like an all-or-nothing situation. If she has healthy relationships, she can pick and choose those people and invest in them. So then we find out that Nathan and Lydia have always been close. And that's another reason why Olivia was like, oh, well, maybe I should try to reconnect with my sister. It's just a very tangled web that seems to be woven. Who these people are fucked up. And it's mostly not their fault. Like, we, we gotta see what's going on with... I wanna hear more about Olivia's family. Because I think that would paint a more clear picture as to what the hell's going on now. And then it gets even more layered because we find out then when when they were kind of friends with each other there was a threesome going on between lydia grace olivia and mariah that at one point all three of them were close but then olivia and ethan get married and somehow lydia and and mariah's relationship ended and she's like everybody sees this story differently Lydia was super rebellious and living with her boyfriend as we know she wasn't like a good influence on Mariah but at the same time Mariah wanted to hang out with Olivia more so Lydia says that she loved Mariah to death but after the wedding it was like whoever was not in Olivia's life was not in Mariah's life and just felt like she got replaced so it it sounds like this is why I'm confused like so it sounds like Lydia and Olivia never really got along, but then it's like you did at one point until you got married and then you and Mariah just rode off on the sunset and you left your sister behind. Like, see, things just the synapses aren't all connecting for me. But I would say that Olivia, or Lydia Grace rather, has a lot of grace, frankly, for like letting all of this go because it seems like she's the one who got screwed over by her family, by her sister, by Mariah, and, and being influenced by everybody. And so, yeah, <laughs> that good on her for being like, in spite of all of that, I don't have to fuck with any one of y'all because y'all all left me in the dust, but I'm going to keep it cute because I, I love you. And, and good for her. So then we switch up to Kim meeting up. She's meeting up with a lady named Mama Sue and we find out that I guess Mama Sue had rented out one of their properties at one point and Kim went over there. They got to talking and really connected and bonded with each other and because Mama Sue reminded um, Kim of her mother who's passed away that she asked her, could I call you Mama Sue? And that's what she's been calling her ever since. So... They go down to the the country store and and get themselves a nice styrofoam cup full of sweet tea and go out to the bench and talk about what the hell's going on, right, with Kim and her love life. Kim says, on the one hand, she feels, like, very free and independent since leaving Barry, but on the other hand, it's, like, scary and lonely and sometimes sad. But then Mama Sue says, do you ever think that you might want Barry back? Like, even on the lonely nights, do you think of Barry? Imagine thinking about Barry on a lonely night. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) So, Kim says, she, like, low-key drags Barry every opportunity she goes. She goes, you know, even on the loneliest nights I've ever had, the thought of having Barry back with me doesn't help. (laughs) Doesn't help at all. And, basically, she's at the point where she knows there's no going back with him. And in the 25 years that they were married... At some point, she figured out that there was no real connection. They were just two people living lives parallel to one another. No love, no romance, nothing like that. And at this point, Kim says, Mama Sue, how do I know when it's time to start dating? How do you know when it's been long enough? So Mama Sue was like, well, your instincts will tell you. And so Kim is like, but I haven't even dated since the early 90s. Like, I don't know what the rules are. What am I supposed to do? Does a man still pay for dinner? Do I have to do online dating? Because I don't want to do that. And I'm like, girl, no, don't do it. Because I talked to a psychic recently, and she told me that I was not going to be finding my soulmate on uh, a dating app. And basically, she's like, it's not going to happen. You're going to find him organically. And I thought, thank you, bitch. You saved me a lot of trouble. My other thing here is that I'm watching... Kim in the scene and I'm seeing her wearing hoops during the daytime and I just in that moment my third eye opened and I thought this woman's already getting dicked down like we saw in the preview trailer that she's dating somebody so this just felt very like Kim needs a scene partner one she needs a buddy needs a pal in Montesu and also this was our soft launch into her dating we didn't get I don't remember in that trailer getting any Hints to uh, Kim's uh, DUI. Kim um, running herself into a tree and being drunk and acting like she wasn't with the police. Didn't hear anything about that. Is that going to be coming up? <laughs> but I thought what was interesting is that M- Mama Sue tells her, us in a confessional... Kim needs to do right what's right for her. Like if she wants a date and she feels like it's a time, great. But also she needs to be really careful to not forget to put her children first. And also just to make sure that breaking up with Barry is what she really wants because sometimes the heart lies. Now you had me in the first half, Miss Mama, because it does seem like Kim is like fuck them kids. But the other heart, the other part of that is like you just don't know. The, the idea that a woman in the South is just like, are you sure? Because you you just never know. And I know that in the back of her mind, it is kind of smart. Unfortunately, we live in a society, and that society um, tells us that oftentimes when people break up. That man will find usually a, a younger woman pretty quickly and, and the woman will be single more than likely forever. So she was right about that. But to hitch your wagon to Barry for the rest of your life, even even Jim Bodberry. Barry, I don't think I could do it. And I don't think I would re- recommend it for Kim. Back in Tampa. And um can anybody tell me if you're just allowed to park your car right on the front lawn? Because that's what happened. <laughs> Olivia and her sister, Lydia Grace, were packing to go to the beach, and they have the car so close to the front door, you could... If the door, if the car door was open and the front door was open, you could like reasonably parkour yourself from the house right to the right to the front front seat of the car with with no issue whatsoever, pretty easily. Pretty easily. Weird. I have not seen that before, but anyway, they're getting packed to go to the beach. Ethan's going back up to Cairo. And Olivia says she's trying not to freak out too much about Ethan being back up in Georgia and like keep it to herself, keep it cute because she's terrified that he's going to do that thing. Like stop calling his wife simply because he happens to be out of town from her. But anyway, she's also trying to keep it cute because it's Lydia Grace's birthday. So they're going to have some cocktails on the beach on the way there. they would start talking about how different their lives would have been had they been like not mired in religious repression basically. And how, they would go to the YMCA to go swimming, but they would have to wear dresses or their mom would tell them that they're not allowed to go to the mall because men would be undressing them with their eyes. And if you see a man looking you up and down, that's what he's doing. And how Lydia Grace says, I was so terrified of men that I thought I was a lesbian. And Lydia goes, yeah, to this day, I still wonder actually, but Lydia then says that anything she likes, like, Sparkles, just glitter or whatever, would be shunned by her parents. But also with Olivia used to be a little fucking snitch who would tell on her every time somebody texted her phone or just any time Lydia Grace was generally happy. She would just piss right on her rainbow. Just piss right on it. So Lydia says, it just seems like you never wanted me to be happy. And Olivia says, excuse me, Olivia says, I'm sorry. It probably... Be- probably was because I wasn't happy. And Olivia says that she and Lydia were very different from their other sisters. Like I said, because they had like hella kids in that family. Lydia, Grace and Olivia were different, but also different in their differences, right? They both wanted to be a little bit more worldly, cut their hair, wear pink, wear makeup, whatever. But Olivia still found that security in getting along with her parents but Lydia never cared about that. She didn't care about seeking the approval of the parents. She didn't care about any of that. And Olivia's like, that's probably why I didn't like you very much. Like, I was just really jealous that you didn't give a fuck. And I honestly thought that was, like, pretty honest. I was, like, impressed by Olivia saying that because it's hard to be, like, I was a hater because... I was just, like, getting along to get along, and, like, you weren't doing that, and, like, I was a bitch to you. Full stop. I think that's pretty hard to admit. Then they start talking about how hard it is to share your upbringing with other people, to connect with other people. And Olivia says, for a while, I thought I could do that with, like, the Plath kids. And Olivia says, like, it's weird going no contact with Mariah. So she's just trying to move forward and focus on herself and invest in the healthy relationships around her and how supportive Lydia has been because of that. And, again, this is what I'm saying. Like, my pride, the way my pride is set up, if I know that you're only hitting me up because you have beef, with the people that you left me for to ride off in the sunset with. Like, I'm just going to be a little bit prickly towards that. And this is again, why I said like Lydia Grace is actually very graceful to look past all of that and still want to have a, a relationship with her sister. Cause she would, could very easily be like, fuck you. Right. Anyway, then we go to the platform. Mariah is there with Barry and she says, speaking of, This is like two sides of the same coin. Lydia or Olivia gets Lydia once she and Mariah broke up and Mariah gets Barry. (laughs) Because none of these people, it seems like these people have hard times connecting with other people, any other people at all. And so they just have to just like switch off and do do swing your partner do do with whoever they happen to get along with, because it, it's like they only have eight people that they can be friends with, but anyway, Mariah is saying that she and Barry, her dad, have been like super close in the past few months, she's been really leaning on him and he's been one of the few people who hasn't been judgmental of her and so Barry mentions how <laughs> another setup uh, Mariah, I was trying to listen to one of your songs on, on the internet, but it so it seems like the songs were taken around. Can you tell me more about that? What happened? So Mariah tells us that she had never once checked her Spotify or her YouTube account. Like her, the Mariah Plath account. And so after all this shit happened with, with Olivia and uh, Ethan, she went to go look at her account and didn't see any of her songs uploaded. And so... She realized that Olivia was uploading her music onto her account. And because they were in a, quote, difficult place, Mariah says that she reached out to ask Olivia for the password. But Olivia left her on read. So Mariah reacted to that by sending, like, a cease and desist or something, some kind of letter. <laughs> I would love to know. Did you go on, like, LegalZoom.com? Did you type this up yourself? Because <laughs> I would love to see that draft. If Mariah drafted up her own letter to, uh, threatening legal ac- action against Olivia, I want to see it. Because you know it wasn't spelled right. You know? So after th- she sends her that letter, Olivia took down the music immediately, but also hit her back and was like, oh, um... All those pictures that I've been taking of you, since I'm a professional photographer, you need to take them off of your social media. Otherwise, I'm going to charge you. So Mariah then deleted all the pictures that Lydia took of her. So Mariah tells Barry that their relationship is basically non-existent and it's going to be that way forever. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. We have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. And so Barry is like, well, is the same true with Ethan? And Mariah says in a confessional that Ethan tried to reach out to her a few times, but all he would do is yell at her about the same things over and over, like paying rent or apologizing to Olivia. But how, like, when Ethan would just be yelling at her on the phone, she couldn't think. She wouldn't say anything. She would just sit there and listen and end up crying. And so she blocked him. She blocked Ethan and hasn't spoken to him since. So she tells Barry she's just focusing on her and what's good for her. And this is like, okay, I feel like what is what is the truth? What's going on here, Mariah? Because okay, fair enough. If you feel like he's yelling about yelling at you about the music that you feel like you have the right to, what you do, and you feel like she's been Olivia's been pocketing the money, fair enough. But. Because in the letter that she left before she moved out, she promised to pay them rent for September. Like, I gave you this much, I'm going to owe you this much or whatever, right? She had put herself on a payment plan. So to be like, oh, he just kept saying blah, 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 pay your rent. I'm like, well, that sounds like a reasonable thing to ask. Sounds like a reasonable thing to be upset about. Because you just left the house without saying anything. And then probably were like, oh, the lease is going to be up in three months. And so I'm out. Bye. And he's probably like, yo, you just left left, left us in a situation. Give me my money. At this point, Mariah tells Barry that a few months ago, she hit an emotional rock bottom, forgot what it was like to be happy, and was so depressed that she didn't want to live anymore. But she explains to us that it wasn't like, she wasn't having suicidal ideation. She knew that she would never kill herself, but she was just in this mindset of like, if this is what life is going to be, just take me out. Like, I don't want to continue living like this. Barry says it's a big red flag to hear that as a parent and it's like yeah duh Barry but then he says you know I'm here for her and I just feel like he tells her like he felt the same way you know going through it with the divorce and stuff but he's like you know I know this is probably the smartest thing that Barry said the depression isn't something that you can just fix like sometimes it's a journey and it's his responsibility to tell Mariah look you might be in a dark place but I'm here and I'm gonna help you get out get out of it so he tells her Just be patient. Don't be so hard on yourself. Mariah then reveals to us that because she feels like Barry is like the perfect example of strength and grace, she realized that there's a common denominator there and that's his faith in God. So she tells Barry, I was always like a little jealous of how happy everybody was. And I'm assuming she's talking about her own Lydia in the prayer closet, just smiling through the pain, right? She was always jealous of how happy that is and was like, I want to be baptized too. Barry's so excited. I think it happens in the next episode. Mariah tells she has been baptized before, but it was like she was just doing what everybody else wanted to do. She was eight years old. Her sisters were doing it. And she was like, hey, that looks fun. I want to like get in the pool too. So that's really what it was. But then she says, I never really made that choice for myself, but it wasn't until... I hit rock bottom that I even felt the need for God in my life. And I think that's so interesting because that could like that could be a testimony. It could also just be a testament to where you're at in your life. Like it's clear to me that Mariah doesn't really have anybody to anchor herself to. She broke up with Max, that was obviously very devastating for her. Um, you know, Mariah was her best friend. Olivia was her best friend and, and that ended and you know the situation with their parents I I feel like a lot of the reason why Micah and Mariah are so adamant to just like f- say fuck you to Olivia is because they're very devastated by this divorce they're very devastated by what they thought to be true not being true and I I get it but I also just like god bless okay god bless <laughs> then we go back to Cairo where Ethan's at the garage with his bestie Philip and Ethan's talking about how it's feeling like with his family it's like a pendulum swings like things seem like they're gonna go well and then shit falls apart and we're back at the other side of the pendulum and then when he got back from Europe mariah hadn't texted him about moving out but she was also making these weird accusations about money that sparked a fight so philip tells him turmoil on the family is always a disaster it needs to be fixed soon as possible because if you shut down it'll just get worse so Ethan tells him that he tried to get a hold of Mariah for the longest time after he got back from Europe and how he told her, you need to pay your bills, you need to apologize to Olivia for saying that she stole your music and the money that you made from it. And then asked her, do you understand? Mariah says yes. And when he hung up, she was blocked. And when when he hung up, he, she blocked him and that was it. So Ethan tells Philip he doesn't understand how Relationships can just go from being so close for years to nothing overnight. And he feels like with his family, it's just a matter of time before the switch flips. Like, y'all are close, and then the, the bottom falls out and it's over. Philip says that he feels like the family's holding on to a lot of grudges and that they just need to move forward. And then Ethan reveals that he has seen Barry. They're fine. They've seen each other recently. It's easier to connect to him, but he doesn't know anything about what Kim's up to their relationship has not changed beyond like if we're in the same room with each other we're just going to be tolerant but Mariah is really the biggest issue that he's got so Ethan says he's in an awkward spot because if he's in a good place with his family there's still going to be people that don't want to hang out with Olivia and how between her and his parents he's just like step in the middle trying to toe the line of what he feels is true and how it bothers him that they're trying to like Get closer to him while also trying to edge Olivia out and isolate her out of the situation, because they're never going to change their mind. So he can be polite when he sees them, and just like grit his teeth. I'll I'll wave to you at the Walmart in the popsicle section, and then I'm going to Minnesota and starting a new chapter, and that's it. So Philip says it's going to take some it's going to take some serious want to from everybody. <laughs> you need a lot of want to. <laughs> And then Ethan's like, well, listen, I don't know where the line is. With, like, making a boundary, it's just a big old mess. The episode ends with Lydia and Olivia having a, um... I wouldn't say come-to-Jesus moment, because they were clearly having cocktails on the beach. They were having, like, a come-to-Captain-Morgan moment on the beach. So Lydia Grace says that she wants to make sure Olivia's having fun, because you slipped into the mom role real quick with the plast, but that's a role you put yourself into. But then she's like, but I understand why you did that. Cause it, I see it made you feel good about yourself. And then she blocks her little sister, big sister immediately when she says, Olivia, I do think that you and Kim are a lot alike. And Olivia goes, fuck you. <laughs> you could tell she was wasted when she said that. But Lydia's like, no, like with that being said, you're willing to wake up work on yourself. And I think you saw how similar you were to Kim and it scared you like it was looking in the mirror but I do feel like you had to marry somebody you had to marry into that family specifically to be able to see that which I think she might be hitting on something for sure so Olivia says it's been lonely at times but like being with her sister makes her realize that she doesn't have to orchestrate things and if people want to be in her life they'll do that and when one door closes another door opens and then they do an exit interview on the beach as the sun is setting clearly wasted pretending to not be drunk because we can't really do that on TLC apparently um they ask Lydia Grace how would you rate your time with your sister and she's like oh like it was a teen she says 10 but Olivia's so drunk she's like our relationship you had a 10 like T-I-N and she's like, no, one to ten. And she's like, no, ten. She's like, no, no, no. Ten. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of Welcome with the Plathful, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back Wednesday with Sister Wives. Friday with our Housewives. Friday, New York, and Salt Lake City. If you guys are able to give me a five-star review, I don't think it works. I think like when if you do like less than five-star reviews something happens to you, don't try it. Five-star reviews only on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's just what I heard, but I, I can't confirm. But anyway, love you guys.